0: Hello everyone, welcome back. My name is CY, and thank you a lot for your patience. I know um, it has been more than a week or two, um, but as you know, I'm just a lazy person, well sometimes. Anyway, uh, thank you back, and I'm coming back, and uh, there is a saying in Chinese that, originally it means that an ugly woman still has to meet her father-in-law meaning to have to do something eventually one would prefer not to do or to have to show one's embarrassing thing though one is reluctant well the reason why i mentioned this phrase in chinese is uh, this is the last part of the Uh, LGBT in Hong Kong history from my point of view, which I have already prepared but never uh, had a chance or just wasn't motivated, motivated enough to want to do that. Because I feel that if I finish recording this one, it means... I need to create something new again, which it, which is very challenging for me, because I am the producer, I am the writer, I am the executive producer, I am the host, I do everything, well, except the technical part, that anchor is doing that for me. But anyway, let's go! Welcome back um, That was the song Well, if you're listening through Anchor.fm uh, you're able, You'll be able to uh, Know that uh, I put a song After my first uh, segment And I want to give credit back to um, The song From It's called Finale from Dear Evan Hansen So I just picked a song from Anchor.fm, by the way Anyway, okay um, If you have been listening to my podcast You know that I have So far mentioned um, A very quick uh, Summary Or, or uh, uh, Descriptions of The LGBT situations And Hong Kong uh, China And United Kingdom and i feel that it's the time to talk about lgbt situations in a country in asia that is very uh exciting uh, that things are happening and i don't really understand why it's happening but i have talked to some people from taiwan and in taiwan and yes i'm gonna mention taiwan and it is still not yet part of China. It's a different "quote-unquote" country. I know it might uh, cause me some trouble after saying that, but I don't care. Anyway, uh, okay. Very quick uh, summary of the situations in Taiwan is that uh, they have been they have um, legalized same-sex activity for a long time and they also have legalized e equal age of consent and it's also very impressive that they have also um like established or written or uh, like enforced the law anti-discrimination laws in employment in in education uh back in early 2000 and uh, Also, until uh, until 2017, they have finally legalized the protection of uh, I mean uh, anti-discrimination laws in the provisions of goods and services in 2017. And then even the most, and then you know those are exciting already. But then uh, they are doing even more. They have done a lot more, and they have finally legalized same-sex marriage since 2019. And at the same time, they have uh, recognized same-sex couples. uh, uh, Well, okay, sorry, that's the same thing. Anyway, so, I mean, there's something that is still uh, what they're working on, but um, Taiwan is the same. I mean, it's the first country in Asia that has legal uh, same-sex marriage. And so, I mean, so I have to look back, and uh, I mean, look at uh, Google and look at Wikipedia, and I also asked one of my Taiwanese friends, how did it happen? Uh, And he gave me a very interesting um, perspective, and also from the research is that um, even though that the uh, Supreme Court in Taiwan has always been very uh, open-minded and favor for people. of of LGBT and but from all the research well a little quick research and uh, uh, dialogue with my friend they come up with a very interesting uh, perspective is the the media in Taiwan you know, a long time ago has always been very supportive and by from by saying that what what I mean is they they have started having um, queer characters on move in movies, televisions, and not only that they have characters uh, in those media, they are th- those characters in those movies and, and TV show has always been very early on been very positive. You know, they're not all suicidal, they're not always you know depressed and like crazy or uh, just side character, their main character. Positive, successful, or have you know, emotionally stable, and you know, wanting the same thing like other people. Uh, and one of the really um, uh, good examples early on is uh, they have uh, broadcast a gay banquet in Taiwan all over the world, and they even invited uh, the local media to do an uh, interview to film them, and to talk with people who attended the, the wedding. Hello, um, <clears throat> having said about uh, the media influence on LGBT issues in Taiwan, I'm not undermining all the gay advocacy work Done by individual uh, organizations in Taiwan, what I really just want to emphasize is that um, you like it or not. You know, the uh, media that goes into people 's home goes into people 's uh, daily uh, computer uh, social platform. Uh, actually has major influence that um it's very subtle but it's it's very very big um i mean you, if you if you look if you get a chance to watch a few documentaries about social media influence on LGBT issues or even other issues immigrants uh racism uh, you realize that um it has it has a very very subtle very important influence on people's mentality anyway so I mean uh, so let's come back to Hong Kong and uh, how about Hong Kong media and I, th- I think I mentioned that in maybe the first episode about Hong Kong media and but I also want to add one more particularly information about the, the very very special situations in Hong Kong um, Hong Kong right now has uh, only one television, com- uh, TV broadcasting company that would produce local dramas, uh, comedy, whatever shows that you can watch on television. And it's called Television Broadcast Limited. We call it TVB. And how did TVB become? becomes the only local televisions that makes dramas? I don't really know. I mean, I can Google it, but it's very complicated. We usually have at least two to three local television companies. And eventually, TVB only became or becomes the uh, only one. And what is the significance? Very, very, uh, very easy to understand. Okay. In order for TVB to get uh, continue to get license from the government, they have to make sure that um, you know they follow all the rules and they have to be the only I mean the uh, company that is pleasing to the government or saying or or agreeing to the government. So if TVB um, decided to be one of the um, uh, anti-government company. They won't survive, and the government won't give them the the license to be able to broadcast and provide free television to Hong Kong people. Anyway, so uh, I don't know, but uh, I mean it could be much like ten times, hundred times more complicated than I just said. But but the but what I, the reason why I want to mention it is you know, TVB is the only. Broadcast company that can make local dramas, TV shows, but somehow they have never really uh, put LGBT characters in the show, and they have put you know characters like that. But like I mentioned in my episode, previous episode is they're all kind of you know like uh, emotionally unstable, suicidal, or like really um, kind of weird character. And so, I mean, it has never been really important portraits of gay people in local dramas. And like I said, I really believe that um, media has played a really big part on that that issue. And having said that, um, it's not true that we have never seen gay characters in local made films. And in my research, I have come come across uh a, a information that at least there are seven films that have major characters and but no surprise the ending of the characters were mostly sad or they have AIDS depressed suicidal and and if you If you don't know, uh, back in 1997, there is a very, very important famous film called Happy Together, and that uh, depicted two gay men from Hong Kong trying to rekindle their love. Um, However, that that, uh, movie was set mostly in Argentina, not in Hong Kong. Well, some part of the film a story was uh, made in hong kong but uh, they were on a trip to argentina so it was a uh, very artistic uh, but somehow still a very sad uh, movie but it make it make uh, it created some vo- uh, conversation it makes some noise uh, like back in uh, back in those days While I was preparing for the material to do these uh, free podcasts, I actually bumped into a, a research paper in 2014 on public opinion, and the title of the paper it's called "Public Opinion in Hong Kong About Gays and Lesbian," colon, the impact of interpersonal and emergent contact. So basically, it's a research that saying that so suggesting that having contact, even with the public and the mass media, it reinforces positive image of homosexuality and help with the gay rights. And I don't know how many people in Hong Kong or in the academic world have actually uh, read this paper. And I thought it's quite positive and very uh, very uh, exciting. To know that somebody actually did research on that, I mean, if you remember what I uh, that I mentioned in maybe the previous episode or the the episode before the previous one, that I had uh, once I was in the classroom and the instructor, professor, Randy, asked uh, asked a bunch of questions about uh, you know our reaction to. We, If we find out that uh, Our friends Our colleagues Our brothers and sisters Our sons and daughters And uh, husbands and wives are gay And so uh, I don't want to repeat that uh, Reaction on the story But you can go back and listen But then So I've always felt that um, One of the really important things That we need to see more In Hong Kong Is that we need to, uh, we don't have to come out to the public, per se, but I always feel that it is important that we come out to people around us, because if, if all, all the people around us realize that they have LGBT people around them every day, uh, work, you know, colleagues, uh, uncles and aunts uh, shop workers um, teachers, student, classmates, you know everybody around us and uh, you know and then they 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 would have very different different perspectives and feelings towards the subject well, okay, the reason why I always feel that it's important is um in two thousand nineteen just last year. We finally have a very, what I personally consider, very important film, gay film, in Hong Kong, made by Hong Kong director and played by Hong Kong uh, actors. It's called Suk, and it means uncle, and basically means older, older male in Chinese. And the film is about two mature uh, closeted. Gay men and how they met and they f- kind of fell in love and so that's the story and th- also the significance of this movie is that because they they want to show what uh, a gay man's life is about um, for mature gay men in Hong Kong so they have uh, the cruising scene in the toilet and they have Gay sauna scenes uh, for those uh, for those two characters. You know when they want to uh, like uh, hang, up, uh, you know, like spend time together, and because they are married, well, one is married and divorced, and one is still married. So, so in order for them to meet, they have to spend time only in gay sauna. So they they have uh, several gay sauna scenes in the movie. I I I said it's really important because now finally general public, you know, if they buy the ticket to go to see the movie, they are going to see how gay men, some gay men meet other gay men, and how they spend time in, uh, how they spend time with other gay men in Hong Kong, and you know, they, they are finally able to see it in the big screen. Well, ironically, shortly after Suk Suk has been filmed in Hong Kong and Taiwan it has been quite a success, PLC government announced that um, they are going to be more strict or stricter on censoring film to be shown in Maine and China, including gay films. But I mean gay films are allowed to be shown in China according to what they announced but they Cannot be explicit, meaning, give him have to be artistic, not explicit, quote unquote, and on on top of that, to make it worse, uh, strangely, a lo- a, f- a local f- famous columnist who is quite educated and famous in Hong Kong wrote an article, and in part of the article, he. Basically, agree on the censorship of the PLC government, saying that the gay film should be artistic and sex scenes are gross. And I read the article, and I thought, I mean, he is Western-educated, uh, famous, um, supposedly really knowledgeable, and but. It's, it, it's obvious that being educated does not necessarily mean that one is open-minded or embracing or um, um, you know um, like uh, really I don't know so it's it, maybe the reason why he wrote it because he want to be also famous in China so he'll write something about that on that particular view I don't know I mean, I, I don't know that person, and I wish I could talk to him about that. Before I finish this whole uh, discussions or my sharing of LGBT history in Hong Kong, the two things that I have to mention uh, in this episode And I'm gonna uh, like um, take out some of the material that I prepared. Is that um, first? Firstly, um, I'm quite sure that um, the traditional values of Chinese has has played a part in how why is it somewhat difficult for Hong Kong and China to have um, much better LGBT rights? Is that you know? uh, you, know, when you when you when you go to a a Chinese uh, New Year greeting, or mainly talk about uh, have good health and prosperity. So money and prosperity are much more important than personal satisfaction, other than health, and also family quote unquote harmony. It's also much more important than being honest and truthful and authentic and that's a very those are really uh traditional chinese uh, mentality uh and it's you know it's been around for thousands and thousands of years and another thing uh that i really need to uh, want to uh talk about very quickly is that um, you, I'm quite sure that you know what happened in just last year about um, the protests and, and then the uh, PRC government had decided to uh, set up a law, the uh, national security law, in Hong Kong. And I think the, the influence about that particular law is that we don't really know what's going to happen in terms of the LGBT rights. Uh, in Hong Kong um, I mean look at the LGBT rights in China And it's not very promising And if it's moving Then it's moving very very slowly And with the uh, new security law in Hong Kong We don't know how the "quote-unquote" Freedom of expressions in Hong Kong Is going to affect LGBT expressions of uh, our needs of equal rights protection and anti-discrimination. And then we, don't, we still don't know how the government is going to react to our parade, our protests, to fight for equal rights. We don't know. I'm not only pessimistic. I am still hopeful, but um, I'm, I'm concerned because um, Usually, our parade in Hong Kong is around uh, late November, early December. So, we're still going to find out what's going to happen. This will be the wrap of... What I've been trying to talk about, the LGBT history in Hong Kong and uh, other places around Hong Kong. I'm quite sure that in the future, at some point in my episode, I will have I will talk about some more. Or I will talk about something that I have missed or something that'll come come back to my mind. In a future episodes I'm planning to hopefully get to have some dialogues with uh, people that I know people that I want to know or people that I want you all to know and hopefully that um, in those dialogues uh, we'll have uh, more discussions in depth about uh, LGBT uh, situations in Hong Kong or in other countries in Asia or in uh, other parts of the world so, um, adios for now, and hopefully you'll have a good week, and hopefully uh, pandemics will subside, and we all can travel and hang out with each other in our own country, or at your home, and, or in the, your most favorite hangout place.